exciting episode of the Rookie Big Board. It is the first 2023 Rookie Mock Draft. I have just released the 2023 Rookie Big Board, already populated with some summer scouting reports. So I wanted to go ahead and celebrate here. By the way, celebrate being back on the mic. I apologize for the couple weeks off, bouncing back off of COVID, but hopefully my voice sounds all right. And we're able to get through this recording here. I'm excited to jump into this is just a one round mock draft here. Really what I want to do is just give you an idea of what your first round rookie drafts could look like a year from today. Now, certainly they're going to look different. This isn't perfectly predictive or anything along those lines. But I want folks to start getting an idea of what the value really is of their 2023 picks now that we're starting to head into that. For folks, it is high peak Devi season for startups, for trading. So I want folks to get an idea of where their Devi picks stand right now. And I'll mention the 12 names here. It's a super flex PPR, no tight end premium rookie mock draft. But I will add some bonus names onto there too. But certainly as we're going through this mock draft, if you're watching the video on YouTube, I really want to know your comments especially this early on i want to know who folks think i'm too high on who i snubbed all that good stuff here and i'm gonna start it off a little bit spicy here i feel like all the mock drafts have the two quarterbacks going first but coming off of this year where we proved a quarterback doesn't have to go first and coming off of my summer scouting evaluation for Bijan robinson my goodness folks I'm in on the idea that Bijan could be the 101, even in a super flex league heading into next year. Bijan Robinson had an absolutely explosive tape review. Now, when I think of Robinson just from watching him live, I think about his ability to navigate in between the tackles. I think about his vision, his explosiveness, his speed. Now, he has good downfield acceleration, but he also moves really well laterally. But I got to tell you what really jumped out for me, what really got me most excited about B. John Robinson's fantasy football potential is his pass catching ability. I have to be honest, this is why I love summer scouting so much. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm watching all the games on Saturdays and certainly tuning into plenty of Texas's offense, but... I miss just how prolific of a pass catcher B. John Robinson is. And folks, he's coming with that pass catching ability with really fantastic size as well. So you look at what Najee Harris was able to do as a dynamic dual threat player here, a large part of that being his pass catching ability. B. John Robinson coming in at 602.15 has the ability to do that and more, I think, right away. You know, I currently have him in the rookie big board projected as a top 20 selection. I wouldn't be surprised here if he goes earlier than we've uh, necessarily seen running backs go over the last couple of years. So based on projected draft capital, based on pass catching ability, which cannot be undersold, this is easily somebody who I could see as a rookie pulling in, you know, 60 to 70 passes and, and rushing the ball 200 times. He's very durable on the ground as well. He's, I'm not trying to profile him as a pass catching running back. He really is the definition of a three down back. And that is not the definition or, or not something I should say we see very often in today's NFL. So I went ahead and I got a little bullish with B. John Robinson 101. And I'm the guy that pushes quarterbacks in super flex leagues. I'm the guy who overvalues them perhaps at times. On the rookie big board, you'll always see quarterbacks pushed up, but that's just how I feel about Bijan Robinson. Now I'm going to go 102. I'm going to go with Bryce Young here, and I think Bryce Young starts with the lead, right? You know, you certainly look at what he was able to do, finishes. 
uh, as the Heisman winner in 2021. He finishes with a 67% completion rate. He finishes 2021 with 4,872 passing yards and folks, a 47 to 7 touchdown interception ratio. A prolific five star recruit. He took right over at Alabama and took the reins. Now, Folks are already justifiably concerned here about Bryce Young's size. Now, if you look him up, Bryce Young is going to be listed at 60194. A lot of folks are, are starting to speculate that 5'11 might even be a generous estimate for his height. And listen, this is today's NFL. Five years ago, a quarterback coming in at 5'10 or 5'11 probably would have sunk their potential to be a first-round draft pick. But at this point in time, Bryce Young is still profiling as a potential first overall draft pick heading into next season. And so you certainly have to have him atop your boards. I only want to point out that there, if you have some hesitation with Bryce Young, I get it. I absolutely get it. But for me, you know, he still starts off as quarterback one in a pretty talented quarterback class. We'll talk about four quarterbacks in total in this mock draft. I feel like I could have squeezed five in there if I wanted to, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about all four of them. The second one we will talk about is CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. 6'3", 215, so certainly not the concerns on his frame. And he came in in his first season for Ohio State and had 441 passing attempts. He completed 317 of those for 72%. 4,435 yards, so not far behind Bryce Young at all, and actually not far in Heisman voting either. He finished fourth in Heisman voting in 2021. He had 44 touchdowns and six interceptions. I love seeing a good touchdown interception ratio. You know, I haven't actually gone in and done the full summer scouting on CJ Stroud. I'm really excited to do that because I think he's somebody who has the potential to push Bryce Young as quarterback one in this class. Now there will be another quarterback who I think has the ability to push for quarterback one, but right now I think it's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And so if you are a quarterback needy team already looking at your 2023 picks, or you want to try to get ahead of it, uh, in terms of the Debbie game or campus Canton, I would really be looking at CJ Stroud. I would really be looking at Bryce Young here, trying to evaluate and get an idea of how I felt about those players and their values. If I'm trying to get ahead and build out extra quarterback depth on my roster, which of course I am always trying to do. 104 here, we're going to pivot off of the quarterbacks, but we are going to stay at the Ohio State University. Looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba, folks, I cannot... Uh, I cannot emphasize enough the explosiveness of this wideout, the athleticism of this wideout, the vertical ability, the ability to burn downfield and stretch the field. All right, you look at what he was able to do as a true sophomore at Ohio State. Just the fact that he's on the field as a true sophomore uh, in that loaded receiving uh, core he is phenomenal and exceptional, right? In and of itself, 60197. 1,606 yards as a true sophomore at Ohio State. Nine touchdowns. Average 16.9 yards per reception. Folks, Chris Alave just went in the first round of the NFL draft. Garrett Wilson just went in the first round of the NFL draft. Top 20 NFL draft selections. And Jackson Smith and Jigba not only outperformed them, and I am not knocking Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson at all. Folks who've been listening, they know I'm high on Olave. They know I've, I've been high, uh, relatively high on Garrett Wilson as well. 
But Jackson Smith and Jigba outproduced both of these guys. It'll be really interesting. He played a lot in the slot at Ohio State. Uh, folks are, are kind of the, the beat, I should say. Folks are thinking that he is going to be playing on the outside and in the slot this year. Maybe a little bit of versatility. Quite frankly, I don't care if he only plays in the slot. If he continues to put together tape like he did last year, Smith and Jigba is going to have the potential to be a top five overall NFL draft selection. And, and that's not being hyperbolic, right? We have a wide receiver that can absolutely push to be in the consideration here for a top five NFL draft selection. He is just that talented. And uh, I want to point out here, a wide receiver going 104 isn't a knock on the quarterback class. It's not a knock on the running back class here. There's still a lot of talented uh, running backs here that I took Jackson Smith and Jigba over. There's certainly talented wide receivers here uh, that – deserve to be in this wide receiver one conversation. But for me right now, Smith and Jigba is just a, a clear tier above the rest at the wide receiver position. All right, 105 here. I think this is where I started to have to make some decisions, you know, where I would really take players. I decided to go with Jameer Gibbs at 105 here, the running back from Georgia Tech. Now, Jameer Gibbs is one of the players, although it's early and the rookie big board just went up. Uh, Gibbs is one of the players that you can actually, uh, you know, go in right now and check out his summer scouting evaluation. You know, when I went and saw his tape, I saw an explosive athlete and I, sh I saw the ability to shred defenses despite playing in a really broken offense at Georgia Tech. Now with Gibbs, we're talking good burst off the line of scrimmage. We're talking about sharp, quick footwork. He's a really shifty runner. That's the word that really stuck out to me from his film review, shifty. And it goes down to that explosiveness and that footwork. He has the ability every time he touches the ball to really explode and break open the field. He's got good vision. He's got the ability to get to the second level well. And he's got the ability to, to catch the ball when asked. You could see him hauling off target passes. He really was an extension of that broken Georgia Tech passing game. Now, I do have a couple reservations for Jameer Gibbs. You know, I do think he lacks game-changing strength. Uh, you could see him get blown up a few times, but he's aggressive. He's willing to take on defenders. He just doesn't overpower them. And although he's a quick runner, I don't see that downfield acceleration. You could see him actually get caught a couple times. But here's why I went 105 with Jameer Gibbs, because we know he's explosive, right? We've seen tape. We, we are excited about Jameer Gibbs, but I think his best football is ahead of him. You know, Gibbs is one of the many players in this 12-player this mock draft that transferred this offseason. And so if Gibbs showed us what he was able to show us in, in an absolutely broken Georgia Tech offense, imagine what he'll be able to do in the Alabama offense with more space, with more room to operate here. I think his stock is only going to go up and up and up. And so although I don't think he right now he's fifth overall on the rookie big board in terms of value, in terms of talent, I'm projecting out a year from now, and I think we're going to get even more excited about Jameer Gibbs. I think that hype is only going to build here over the next uh, eight or nine months. All right, 106 here. I was This was really going to be a pivot point for me in this mock draft, right? Where was I going to put the tight end at Notre Dame, Michael Meyer? I love Michael Meyer. All right, absolutely fantastic to see what he was able to do right away with the fighting Irish. I mean, folks, he didn't waste any time. As a true freshman in 2020, he had 42 receptions, 450 yards, and two touchdowns. That's pretty significant for a couple reasons. Notre Dame's not necessarily a pass-heavy attack, right? And a true freshman tight end, we don't see that often. Now, last year in 2021, he was a focal point of this offense. 71 receptions as a tight end, folks. 840 yards. 
seven touchdowns, 11.8 yards per reception. He's 6'4", he's 250. He's athletic. He has vertical ability. He has great pass catching ability. He is fast enough for his size. I'm very excited about Michael Meyer. I I don't want to, you know, put the idea in your head that this is Kyle Pitts, right? But this is somebody who I think we need to take seriously as a tight end that can come into the NFL and make a quick impact as an athletic pass-catching tight end. Quite frankly, after Meyer in this tight end class, right now for me, there's a pretty sharp drop-off. So I think that is only going to push his value up as well, right? So this is not even a tight end premium mock draft. And I put Mayer here at 106. At 107, Kayshawn Boutte. I know some folks might be sitting here wondering, like, when are we going to get to Kayshawn Boutte? A lot of folks have him kind of hand in hand with that JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba conversation. And certainly he has stats to boast about as well. As a true freshman at LSU, In 2020, he had 45 receptions, 735 yards, five touchdowns, 16.3 yards per reception. That was still a really talented LSU group last year. And this is is an even more wild set of stats. And I want you to understand that he only played six games last year, really five and a half, right? He got injured, had a season-ending injury last year. But in just five and a half games, 38 receptions, 509 yards, and nine touchdowns. He was basically averaging two touchdowns a game last year while healthy. That's absolutely significant. That's absolutely phenomenal from Kayshawn Boutte. You have some hesitations just in terms of where he's at with his health. He missed spring ball. The reports have come out that he, I believe he had surgery again. Uh, uh, I'm not slipping my mind right now if it's the same uh, injury to recover or it was another, I believe it was a lower body uh, surgery here. So just a little bit of hesitation here uh, when it comes to Boutte. Is he going to be playing at 100% this upcoming year? And where does he kind of fall with with the rest of the wide receiver group? So for me, it's JSN at the top. A little bit of a drop here, Kayshawn Boutte. And we're going to talk about some other wide receivers before this mock draft is done. But I want to point out that there's going to be a, another small tier break here between Boutte and the other guys we talk about. And once we get to the other guys, it becomes a lot more wide open of a conversation. But let's get here to a really interesting one. This is one I think folks might uh, be dropping in the YouTube comments or let me know in the patron discord uh, that I went a little high on here. It's Spencer Rattler. I have him going off the board 108. I think he's still quarterback three. And folks, I'm just telling you right now. Now, if you look at the rookie big board, I do have him projected as a top 10 overall selection next year. And this isn't me being a Spencer Rattler, you know, truther or hanging on to him. It's actually really funny. Roll back the tape or folks who have been listening to me for a while. They're probably really happy with me because last year when I did Rattler's summer scouting evaluation, I saw all the tools to make him a top 10 NFL draft selection. Remember, a lot of folks thought he was going to be in the 2022 NFL draft. I saw the arm strength. I saw the mobility, right? I saw the the uh, the mechanics, a good mechanical foundation for Spencer Rattler, right? So I saw all these tools that said to me, yeah, I get it. I can't give him a bad tape evaluation, right? Because his ups are so good that they pull up his tape grade. But I was worried about the mental processing side of the game. And I said, if he could get it right mentally, I mean, this guy's going to be the top overall pick in the NFL draft, right? But he couldn't. 
and he could not get it right mentally. I'm hoping this change of environment is going to be good for him. I got to tell you from the reports, from the articles that I've read, just kind of observing his attitude and the way that he's reportedly approaching the game, or at least what he's showing us, he seems like a different player. He seems like a humbled player. And this transfer to South Carolina, I know it felt a little random for some folks, but he was reunited with the, his offensive coordinator there originally at Oklahoma and Shane Beamer. Uh, or I'm sorry, quarterback coach, not offensive coordinator, quarterback coach there uh, for the Sooners. He was recruited by Beamer originally in Oklahoma, and he followed him to South Carolina. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's going to be less pressure on Spencer Rattler. I think the game is going to slow down for him, and I think his value and stock are going to rise. I think he's going to end up being a top 10 overall selection here. Now, I think there's going to be folks who are weary on him still, right? And I think that's why Stroud and Young are still in a tier above him, but I'm not ruling out Spencer Rattler at this point in time. So maybe a year from now, I look silly having him at the 108 because that's just way too high for what his value ends up. Or maybe a year from now, I look silly because he's going 101 or 102 in Superflex draft. So it'll be really interesting, but I wanted to put him at 108 just to point out the fact that despite me being the person who I think was potentially the loudest on telling folks to calm down on Spencer Rattler, now a year uh, removed from that, I'm the one telling folks to not forget about Spencer Rattler. The tools aren't gone, folks, right? He's still relevant and he still deserves to be in the conversation of this uh, one-round rookie draft. Now, Zach Evans at 109. I got to tell you, I loved my summer scout here on Zach Evans. He is a fun running back, and I think he's only got more room to develop, right? So that's always exciting for me when I see a back who really jumps out to me on a film, but I still see opportunity for them to develop and get better. So good foundation potential here with Zach Evans. 5'11", 195. I do hope we see some more weight. That 195 number makes me nervous, man. Switching programs from TCU to Mississippi, potentially that will allow him to add weight. Let's see if he's coming in at 205, 210. If he's able to run at 205, 210 in the same way he is now, then, th then we're going to be uh, way more excited than 109 on Zach Evans next year. I can tell you that much. You look at his game, he is a smooth runner. All right, he's got a one-cut running style. He's decisive. He hits open holes. He hits them hard. He bursts through small gaps for big gains. He's subtly elusive. I mean, this man glides around the field. He can shake a linebacker before contact. And at times, you can see him dropping some mean spin moves on defenders. I got to tell you, you know, he has a little bit of attitude when he plays too, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, flip on the Texas Tech tape. He's uh, he's taken on a, a defensive back from Texas Tech. He knows he's going to take him on, but he's got a little bit more room until he gets there. And Zach Evans waves this defensive back on and then lays into him. It's, it's a really, I mean, you have to love that attitude and that aggressiveness for somebody who I just mentioned is playing sub 200, right? Uh, now, I didn't get to see a lot of that pass catching ability. I think that should be uh, in full focus here in the Lane Kiffin offense at Mississippi. So I'm hoping that qu those questions get answered. And so, and the other thing I am a little bit worried about, I'm not sure Evans will test as an overly explosive athlete. So I don't know if he's going to knock it out of the park when it comes to combine testing. And we know how sometimes for, for better or worse, that absolutely sinks a prospect's uh, value, right? And so I don't think it's going to sink Zach Evans. I just want us to approach Zach Evans with that understanding. I think, you know, eight months, nine months from now, Evans could be the running back two in this class. I think he's going to compete with Jameer Gibbs for that title. I don't think we should consider Jameer Gibbs to be significantly above Zach Evans. 
All right, 110. I got to be honest, after I got past Zach Evans, there was probably eight or nine guys that I wanted to squish into three slots, right? So what I tried to do was really use each of these slots to highlight a different piece of the draft class. And 110 is just going to be my guy, Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims is being slept on a little bit. He was super productive, super efficient, I should say, at Oklahoma. He's athletic. He's quick. He's speedy. I think he can do it all. I think Marvin Mims is going to be one of the biggest risers in next year's draft class. He's just one of my guys, right? And that's, I try to emphasize those guys as much as I can. You know, certainly somebody who I already have stashed in most of my Devi and C2C leagues. But if I didn't, I'm going to, you know, go out there and I'm going to look to add Marvin Mims. And personally, I found that folks aren't quite as high on him as some of these other wide receivers that we can talk about in this draft class, one of which is going to come off the board here at 111. And that's Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver out of Georgia. And I know there's already folks kind of screaming at their uh, screaming at their screen here, whether they're listening uh, on their favorite podcast provider, whether they're watching on YouTube. There's folks who are probably angry because I didn't mention Josh Downs. I didn't min mention Quentin Johnston. Neither of those guys. I didn't mention Anaya Smith. Uh, none of those guys made it right now in this mock draft because I think Jermaine Burton's stock is only going to go up. I mean, you look at Burton, you see a good pass catcher. You see somebody who, who has shown good enough speed, good enough athleticism. Now, you know, certainly just underused in that Georgia offense, like every other freaking wide receiver. If these top wide receiver recruits could please stop going to Georgia, that would be really fantastic. Uh, and Alabama's helping us out because Alabama's going to recruit him in to play the Jamison Williams role. And I'm not saying he's going to be Jamison Williams. Just um, I think that Burton is going to be the X wide receiver in that Alabama offense. And we've seen over the last couple of years, whether it's Jalen Waddle, whether it's Henry Ruggs, whether it's uh, this last year with Jamison Williams, man, the X wide receivers, these highly targeted wide receivers in the Alabama offense, they just get drafted. They just get drafted high. And uh, for the most part, they do well in the NFL, right? And so Jermaine Burton, I think, is the next guy up in that system. Now, Josh Downs, 5'10", 180, North Carolina, uh, early breakout age, great field stretcher. He's in the conversation. Like I said, you could make an argument for a lot of folks here. Uh, Quentin Johnston, you know, 6'4", 193, super athletic for being that size and that height. Again, another player kind of stuck in a tough offense, but he's going to test really well. I think he's going to be a riser through the NFL draft process. I don't want you to think of me snubbing Downs and Johnston as a reflection of them, but rather, folks, this is a reflection of the class. This is what we've been talking about. You know, folks getting excited about the 2023 class. You're going to get wide receivers spillover into the second round that are going to be really talented guys. So if you're looking ahead on a rebuild, you're already looking ahead to 2023, you know what I'm going to say. It's what I've always say. Make sure you're trading for your second round picks. Everybody's valuing their first round picks, especially that 2023 class, because they know how hyped it's been. But not everybody's valuing those second round picks. So I got to tell you, if you're in a rebuild, attack those second round picks. They're going to come cheaper. They're going to be a lot more realistic to stack up on. All right. Now, let's get to it here. 112. It's going to be a quarterback. It's going to be Anthony Richardson out of Florida. I got to tell you, I struggled with this one. I'm really, I'm going to use this opportunity here with the 112, this final selection, talk a little bit about Anthony Richardson. But folks, really what I'm going to do is list off a, a, a range, a, a list of quarterbacks here who could potentially sneak into the first round of the NFL draft next year, which means they could sneak into the first round of our Superflex rookie drafts. 
Now, Richardson, I mean, we're talking boom bust, right? This was somebody I got in early on in the Devi cycle. He's got a big arm. He's got great mobility, great athleticism, not good mobility, not good athleticism. I'm talking high-end mobility and athleticism. We haven't seen a lot from him. I believe we saw 66 passes from him last season, right? Like, we have a lot to see of Anthony Richardson. Putting him in here is a projection move, but I wanted to sneak him in because I think he has the highest upside of any of these other guys. Now, a few other quarterbacks that I want to mention that could be uh, first-round draft picks next year, and obviously a lot has to go into this, uh, but... You know, I just want you to know the names that need to be known. And the first one is Hendon Hooker at a Tennessee 6'4, 218. Hendon Hooker, certainly a very experienced quarterback. I think he'll go into the NFL at 24, 25, but a huge season at Tennessee, getting early draft buzz here. Uh, and he is going to be at the helm of a high octane Josh Heupel offense for the ball. So he's going to have the ability to show off his uh, arm and show off his mobility. He's got good mobility, good arm strength, good accuracy. Tanner McKee out of Stanford, 6'6", 226. Quite frankly, folks, we don't know too much about Tanner McKee yet. A big-time recruit and somebody who we just know the NFL is already getting excited about. So I don't have much tape analysis for you on him yet, but I can tell you just from you know what I'm hearing from the NFL draft circles, Tanner McKee is somebody who uh, front offices think could be a first-round pick next year. I haven't forgotten about Keaton Slovis now out of Pitt, 6'3", 205. Slovis was great early in his career, struggled with injuries, never quite got back into rhythm there at USC, ends up transferring to Pitt. I think he's going to have the opportunity to reinvent himself and have a big senior season, potentially uh, you know, jump his, uh, his, his fantasy and his NFL draft stock significantly. Phil Dracovic at a Boston college, 6'5", 226. I was one of, I probably the first people hyping up Dracovic last year because he was eligible for the 2022 class, ends up having a really unfortunate midseason injury and kind of bows out of this NFL draft consideration just based off of health, right? But I like what we've seen on tape, a little bit more of a pocket pass or a high profile recruit, originally a high four star at Notre Dame ends up transferring to Boston College, and he's going to have the ability to really stretch the field with a huge arm. He might end up with the best arm in this year's class. So uh, certainly somebody to watch for. Folks are excited about Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami, 6'4", 224, another strong-armed quarterback. Haven't forgotten about DJU. He could go either way. He could lose his job at Clemson this year, or he could have a revival that puts him back into the category. Remember, it was originally Bryce Young and DJU uh, as kind of one-to-one, hand-in-hand prospects. Folks are excited about Will Levis out of Kentucky. I don't quite see him as a first-round potential guy yet. Another name just to keep on the back burner, Probably not first-round consideration, but I'm hearing Devin Leary out of NC State, 6'1", 215, a lot uh, with the NFL draft buzz, just the circles, right? Just kind of hearing that early on. So there it is, 12 picks, 1 through 12 here of a Superflex rookie mock draft. What it could look like, what your first-round rookie drafts could look like next year. Folks, I got to make sure you know, if you're listening to the end of a 2023 rookie mock draft in May or June of 2022, then you're going to be interested in what we're offering there over at the rookie big board, patreon.com slash the FF educator, just $3 a month, gets you access to the 2023 rookie big board, the 2022 rookie big board, which we're still updating Debbie rankings, dynasty rankings, and honestly, most importantly, access to a super active, really fun Discord channel. You have to check it out. It's patreon.com slash the FF educator. And as always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big.